Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, <coughs> far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Will, a.k.a. Darth Tuba. How are you today, sir? Bright suns. John Mark, I'm doing great. I am excited at the Halloween is nearly upon us i got my nice uh gulactic card to see if i got to go up a little bit gulactic halloween disney star wars t-shirt the only halloween themed t-shirt they were selling this year so cool cool. decided to go Uh, deck out unfortunately my we weren't able to get my uh to do a star wars costume for my daughter this year but we still went disney we did we did uh she was cruella uh, Corella Deville. So fantastic, that was very, I saw. very cool. Yeah. Saw the pictures; they looked awesome. Thank you. And that was just an off-the-shelf. Um, wow. But what was funny about that? Um, before we get into the some of the main topics, was because it wasn't officially licensed by Disney, they couldn't call it Cruella, a Corella costume. Oh, really? It was Dalmatian Diva. <laughs> I was like, really? Wow. But it's like, but everyone knows what it is. Ah, oh, that's funny. So, well, uh, it looked great, but you know, the costumes that that you can get, that kids can get in stores today, it's just amazing. Oh yeah. Um, I remember the old Ben Cooper uh, costume days with the the face mask. Oh yeah. The little holes, and then you had the smock, essentially. That you, yeah. you know, it's like the vinyl smock that you put over your sweat. You, could, you couldn't breathe through the mask and you're nope. just... <laughs> yeah. Although Don Post had the had the really nice Stormtrooper helmet, the Vader helmet, mm-hmm. some of those latex masks. I still have... My favorite costume of all time was probably 1983. I went as Admiral Akbar, And I did the whole thing. I got the mask, the really good one from Don Post, and then I just created his white kind of tunic thing and used orange rubber gloves you know like for like kitchen rubber gloves it was oh, fantastic it was nice. a good costume i was nice. i was cosplaying before anybody knew what cosplaying was <laughs> so we uh want to quickly welcome uh keely and donald um to the chat hey. hello donald good to see you guys or see you in the chat yeah definitely all right. Well, uh, first things first, we have some news to get to um, before we get started on our main topic. And that, of course, is the announcement of Hayden Christensen uh, reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker in the upcoming Ahsoka series. At least we're assuming he's going to be reprising his role as Anakin. That's right. Um, we don't know. We don't know. We if don't know. An Anakin, a Darth Vader pre-mask, or, or a Darth Vader with mask, we know, in helmet. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe a little bit of both. Prop, yeah. It could be, yeah. who knows. Um, um, that I'm excited. Uh, I, th- I've, you know, I'd love to give Hayden, I always, I thought Hayden Christensen did a, did a respectable job mm-hmm. in episode three and episode two. I just felt that, you know, the material that the way that they kind of took the character was an kind of an awkward teenager type, but yeah, seeing as though I work with awkward teenagers all the time, it didn't really <laughs> stick out to me. I was like, "Oh, you're just describing my Tuesday. It's okay." <laughs> so, um, you know, I, but but I but he did definitely mature and 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 yeah. have a different style to yeah. what he did in Episode Three, and I'd like to see where another director could take him so yeah uh, i'm yeah. looking forward to it even if it's i'm sure it's going to be a one-off thing i don't think he's going to be featured prominently in all the episodes no i don't think no. so but um, um, yeah i'm sure i'm i'm fine i'm wondering if we will not see him more in obi-wan because it would be during that time would be when vader would be most active would be when obi-wan is set so i'm wondering if you're going to see more of Vader slash Anakin in that series than you would in Ahsoka, just simply because it's going to be set in the time period when Vader would be still active, still doing his thing out there. Right, right. Um, again, I don't want to see him like all the time and for Vader to be the main 
antagonist. No. But no, I think that yeah, I just think that it's uh, I think they're mining other stories, and yeah. and and with Vader, I think being more the uh, not the main character, but rather the the uh, you know the supporting or mm-hmm. something that's going to drive the Kenobi character or something that's going to drive the Ahsoka character and or you know whether it be Vader or Anakin um either via you know a current thing i mean you know with obi-wan it could be a current or past flashback and with ahsoka it has to be a flashback or a force ghost yeah. or something yeah so we'll have to wait and see so. definitely definitely but i mean do you agree that you would probably see more likely to see anakin in the ahsoka series just because with flashbacks so her maybe flashbacks to her training with Anakin. Yeah, as you said, for you know, seeing the Anakin Force ghosts. Yeah, I, I could, I would, if I were to venture a guess. But again, I'm not. Uh, because, it's a guess. It is yeah, not. Because, expe- I mean, not an expectation. <laughs> we've seen. I, I think we've seen most of the. Um. For, as far as we know, through Rebels, we've seen most of the interaction that Ahsoka had with Vader. Right in Rebels, so I mean, unless they're unless they're going to do a live action, you know, version of some of those scenes of some of those fights, um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be most likely to see Anakin in Ahsoka than you would to see Vader. Sure, but that's just my my yeah, kind that of makes sense. On that that yeah. makes sense. I, I definitely think I see where you're going with that, and and I think you're you're right. But again, time will tell. Uh, but speaking of. Uh, badass fight scenes in at star wars uh we're going to be talking about a about a character in a movie that had a badass uh fight scene in a movie and that of course we're going to be continuing our look at the that was a weird little segue there but yeah oh, well, that was weird i'm like okay i'm trying to figure out like how to anyway so. we're talking about our continuing look at the women of star wars uh this week we're doing another twofer and starting out, of course, with the reluctant rebel herself, oh. Jen Urso. Absolutely. I love that you call her the reluctant rebel. I think that's fantastic because yeah. that's exactly what she does, right? That is that is her mantra for like two thirds of the film. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you really think about it. Oh, um, yeah. And, and, and only, uh, the only, uh, uh, you know, change in that would have been once her father sent mm-hmm. the hologram. But before we get to that, why don't we kind of, you know, dive into? And we're going to stick to mainly the film. Yeah. Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, considered by many to be uh, the best of the uh, post Disney acquisition films. And uh, hello again, Kelly. And uh, we are we're talking about Jin, talking about Jin Urso and the impact that she had um, in the Star Wars universe. And, uh, you know, from the get-go, right? Her day, oh, yeah. day one, she, you know, as a child, we see her, you know, dealing with tragedy, you know, dealing with a, a very hard, very um, rough l- way to live. With yeah. The moisture farming on that barren planet by herself, no friends, just her family, which she's very close with. And she always has that beautiful nickname, Stardust. Stardust. And, uh, you know, it's a complicated relationship with her father. doesn't start off that way. I think, you know, he cared for her very deeply and he was trying to protect her. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he's got his little, he's in hiding and who shows up but Director Krennic to retrieve him. Yes. And that that, that, uh, forces... Uh, Jin's mother to kind of hide her, and they have a plan in place. They re- they reach out to Saw Gerrera, who is a friend who's going to kind of come and rescue her. And I think the original plan was that the mom was going to go with them, but the mom decided, so. yeah, yeah. And then the mom decided to pull a weapon on uh, a blaster Krennic. on Krennic, and of course that yeah. did that didn't go well for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's and let's look at. You know her her kind of once she's you know saved by um saw you know you her life changes drastically and 
Yeah, as you said, we're going to stick mainly to the to the movies, but I think it's also important to kind of see also important to kind of see how she became the way she was. Yes, because being being under Saul and his his tactics of you know do anything you can and use any means necessary um, to to achieve the, you know the ends justify the means type of. Right of rebellion where you know if if civilians got killed well you know that's just you know collateral damage and you know it, it sucks but oh well right you know, right that was kind of his his mentality and yeah, i mean he was definitely you know there's always that uh that argument um you know that one person's you know resistance fighter or rebellion fighter is another yeah. person's terrorist yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, there have been like people that have, you know, written up things saying, you know, you do realize that, you know, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and, and, and Princess Leia in the eyes of many were considered terrorists, yeah. you know, just because they don't look like what, what we might profile sometimes and maybe yeah. in, in, in incorrectly. So, uh, profile as what, look, what a terrorist might look like or mm-hmm. what a prejudice, what we, what our prejudices might think a terrorist look like. And I think that's why in, you know, we're we'll, we're definitely going to want to talk about Jen, but I think that's why, uh, like uh, Mon Mothma and some of the rebel leaders were so keen on distancing them, themselves from Saul and yes. protecting the image of a legitimate military force, right? With right. ranks, with uniforms, with like with, with an organized and a, or, with you know, organization it, instead of just. You know, these are just you know haphazard, you know, terrorist. But also being a sense of, but also having a sense of duty and honor and yeah. integrity and understanding that we're not, we're better than the empire. You know, because yeah. if we do it, if we if we if we shrink to their methods, then we're no better than them. And mm-hmm. that's where they kind of separated from Saw. So anyway, you've got Saw raising Jin, and yeah. you know we don't know exactly what went on. I think we've had some, we've heard some rumblings here and there, but obviously. You know, years go by. Jin is now a young adult, and Jin clearly has separated from Saw. You don't know how, you don't know why, but she's on her own. And I think we meet her in prison, right? She's in a prison. She, she's in. She's being transported to a to a prison, um, and you know, and and then gets broken out by K two. Uh, My K2. favorite droid. Yes. Congratulations! You want to be rescued? Please do not resist. Yes, awesome. And they take her to Yavin, and uh, oh. there we are seeing her in Yavin, in the Yavin base. And there's Mon Mothma, and eventually hey, can we just, can we just stop and and just just say how cool it was to see all those original like and how detailed they were of making it look like the original 1977 Yavin base. I mean, well, to like every little detail is like looking at the X wings and. How you know, even how dirty and kind of dusty everything looked. Like I was just I, like, oh. No, I thought it was it was brilliantly done, and I also felt like, um, you know, you got to imagine that in 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 so many ways, you have to imagine that every Star Wars film, kind of from Episode One on, mm-hmm. is in some ways. I mean, in you know, one episode one, two, and three, George Lucas put was like the guy in charge. But all the artists, all the production designers, all the people that worked within it, they're all fans. So yeah. in a way, every film that's come out since the original trilogy is like a fan film, yeah. right? Yeah. And, but when it came to Rogue One, this was a fan film being done at the time of Star Wars: A New Hope. So the look of it is very. Uh, yeah. You know, it honors the look of Star Wars so oh. well that many people just say that it, yeah, it's like it's it could connect to the film. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was really great. So, yeah. but but back to Jin, you know, again, like you said, a reluctant hero. She's a yeah. reluctant person. Period. We don't know if she's a hero at this point. We just know that she's had a lot of issues and she's gone into hiding under many pseudonyms. And um, you know, they they know who she is. And more yeah. importantly, they know who her father is. And at this point, her father is a potential is a person of interest and a potential uh, very bad man. Yeah, we, or, uh, we don't know. Yeah, we exactly. don't know, but they've gotten and intel that, that says... Kind of, yeah, and that, that kind of you know, leads to, I think, 
there's this underlying, you know, feeling of with many of the, you know, many of the people in the rebellion, you know, can we trust her? Right. You know, because of her name and. Right. And, and in her case, she just wants to get on with her life. You yeah. know, I don't think she was on any, you know, super duper mission to help the rebellion or anything of that nature. She just was. Yeah. On and her she own. says that. And she says that perfectly. I think when she's talking to, I think it's Saul. And he says that he says thing about what are you going to do when the imperial flag is waving over every world? He says, if you don't look up, you don't notice. You don't notice. It's not a problem if you don't look up. Yeah. Right. Um, And, you know, so, but anyway, she gets sent on this, her quest, if you will, her, uh, her mission uh, and her journey begins to try to find her father and try to track her down and track him down and see if he will come with them or uh you know get information from him of course then there's a side mission from cassian to basically kill him and they think that because she no you know she can get a because she was raised essentially by saw that Saw can actually, uh, you know, she can get in. She just needs to get them into the door, get the foot in the door. But then when that happens, what she doesn't realize is that they're going to, once they find anything they can do with where Galen is, they're going to, they're going to take him, take him out. Or she, he's going to take him out. And then of course you've got Bo, uh, Bodhi Rook, who's, who's, uh, that's part of the reason this is all coming together because, you know, Galen sent him out and with, with information. So, but anyway, the whole thing sends Jin on this kind of. What I love about this kind of story is that the the, the story goes along. So it's almost like its own Wizard of Oz, where it goes along and you pick up a new character as you go. So if, you know you have Jin, then you have Jin and Cassian and K two, then you may you run into um, Chariot and Baze, uh, Guardians of the Wills. Then you know you, they end up rescuing Bodhi Rook, and now they have this team. You know, they built up this team that's going to go on this quest. And they end up going to Iedu, where Galen is, is said to be working. And But this is only after she read that she got the, the uh, hologram from her father, who poured, her heart, poured his heart out to her, right? Mm-hmm. Not only gave, him, gave her all of, you know, the reasons of his, you know, his love, his undying love, and what he had to do. He had to learn to lie. He had to learn to play along because he knew that if he didn't finish this weapon, this, this planet killer, everybody else, somebody else would finish it. So he did it, but he put a flaw in. And that's when we learn about oh, the, yes. the exhaust port. Yes. And yes. He, he was able to give her this information and he, you know, shows her where, where she could get the plans and everything. And then she has that information. Of course, then the planet, uh, the Death Star shows up and blows up the town, of, you know, the city of Jeddah, and they narrowly escape. Saab doesn't make it, uh, and now they're sitting there with all these people in this in their in their U-wing fighter, uh, going to Yavin, uh, trying to or not Yavin, going to. They go to Iedu, right? I. Yeah, I think they go to Iedu. I, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're yeah. right. And then that's when they try to now, you know, at that point, Jane is trying to contact her father. Cassie's trying to kill her father. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, a, you know, there's that whole bit in the rain and they're on there. And then of course the rebels get in the muck up the works by showing up with their X wings. And, and uh, they end up causing a lot of issues too. But uh, they, you know, thankfully uh, Galen is able to at least connect with, yeah with Jin one last time before he succumbs to injuries from the explosions there. And, you know, Jin is having a hard time trusting Cassian because mm. he sees the weapon in the snipe, you know, the, she, she, she knows that he went up there to kill him. She, she suspects it yeah. and he didn't pull the trigger, but you know, it's just, it's a tough thing. It's a tough, uh, it's a tough drama, dramatic moment. And, you know, it's not just Jin dealing with who Jin is, but Jin also try seeing Cassie and come to grips with who he is and the other characters there, even K2, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then what? Then they end up in Yavin 
and she tries to convince the Rebel Alliance, essentially, right? That's the Rebel Alliance. They're all sitting yeah. around there. Rebellions are bits on hope. And they don't believe her. Yeah. They don't believe her. Yeah, they she don't. really is a great character. I know. Yeah. You know, she is. I agree. Yeah. And they think and it's she, too much of a risk. Right. They don't want to risk it. And sure enough, uh, that's when they decide to go rogue. And therefore, uh, roll credits. We have our Rogue One call sign. And Jin goes on this mission and a bunch of other guys that kind of believe her and believe in what she's doing. You know, once she saw her father, once mm -hmm. everything changed, once she saw the hologram, all of a sudden her focus changed. And then once she found out, and then you plus that, you find out about this planet killing weapon and you realize that you can't just not look up at the flag. I mean, they can destroy yeah. every, anything and everything. And, she knows then that it's that she got to take a stand. Exactly. At, exactly. So you you move on, and and next thing you know, they they go on their mission to Scarif to yeah. find the plants. Well, which I, are, I think, and I think one thing when you just talked about that, I think that showed that you know everybody in you know, in the rebellion was fighting for different reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it all wasn't you know not everything was about restoring the republic or. You know, some of them were fighting for family. Some of them were fighting for, for revenge. You know, different people were fighting for different things. And it just wasn't this one massive, like, we all want to restore the Republic. Well, right. Yeah. No, not every one was like that, but. Right. And I think Jen really showed that, you know, the kind of nuances and different views that came, came out of the rebellion. And yep. Very true. Very true. And then we have this mission on Scarif, which is, you know, amazing and, and epic and kind of, you know, it's so funny. Like, you know, when you, it, it's basically the one sentence in the opening crawl of A New Hope, you know, mm -hmm. during the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret, the, secret, plans. secret plans. And that was this whole last, you know, third of the movie or, you know, yeah. quarter of the movie. And, it was amazing. It was epic, and it was tragic. Yeah, you know, it did not end for the, well for the heroes. Um, and Jin had to, you know, do her, you know, make her sacrifice. I mean, I I always wonder, like, did they? I think that they did. They know they had to know. I they had to know that. that there was very little chance of them getting out of there. Yeah. Like even when they first were, even when they had the code and the code worked and they landed, I I kind of think that. They, yeah, they must have known. They kind of knew that this most likely was going to be a one-way mission, right? And I think that it what sealed the deal was when the 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 gate, Death the shield star. gate, when the yeah. shield gate shut, and they were mm -hmm. trapped down there. Yeah. Then it was like the only way they could get those plans out was would be to um, beam the plans up to transmit yeah. the plans, yeah. and they'd have to go up to the beacon and do that and that's what you know but first they had to find the plans and it was great that the the code name was stardust and i love when she's reading through the code names i think they said black saber was in there black saber there's a few there's, others that there were a few yeah i thought that was fun so uh so that was fun and then um you know lo lots of great little moments there but Boy, was that tragic! Like you know, my my the part I thought was the most you know, and getting on a sidebar here, um, the fact that the first character to go to die was K two S O. Oh, because yeah. he was the one. And as they were landing, they were saying, "Well, we'll all be sucked out into space if this doesn't work." And he's like, "Well, not me. I can survive in space." And yeah, and it almost gives you like a a false sense of security. I say, "Well, Joy, he might end up okay." And then, nope, <laughs> he was the first one to go so i'm like wow all right they're going there yeah. but um you know and as, and as you know they they go on this mission and they lose everybody it was yeah. so sad i know it was heartbreaking yeah. you're right oh. um it was oh when the lights went out on the eyes oh i was just like mm. they tug at the heartstrings but mm -hmm. then and it was a droid which is funny but when you think yeah. about it but yeah and an imperial droid too uh -huh. if, yes, K two was originally designed as an imperial droid. So, uh, so one by one, the characters that have supported Jin through this have all all start to leave her 
un- unintentionally, but they have to. The only one that comes back at the last minute is Cassie. And you think we lost him falling off the thing that he was climbing up, but he may- manages to work his way back and save her from Krennic. Um, and it was, you know, he, they were able to upload the plans and then they go down the elevator just kind of quietly looking at each other. It was neat. There was kind of like, there was an attachment there between the two of them at the end. Mm-hmm. But I just think it was a human connection. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that there was, I think that if they had gotten off okay and then gotten back to Yavin and life was fine for them, that there might have, uh, you know, a romantic relationship could have happened. But yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, right. When they were hugging each other at the end, and I always thought it was really interesting, like the way they staged it, because they're at the beach. They know that the Death Star launched its thing, so they know that the wave is coming that's going to totally consume them. Yeah. the uh, fire wave or whatever and they hug each other and i thought you know i always thought it was interesting that cassian was kind of facing she Jin faced the face the wall of flame mm-hmm. but cassian was away facing kind of from our angle could see we could see him and he opened his eyes right at the last second looking kind of almost almost towards us the yeah. camera i thought that was a very interesting way for them to stage it as as they just got, got taken over by this flame and um yeah, and Jin, you know, it was sad. You know, she she only outlived her father by a couple of days or a day. So you know, and yeah. it's so sad. But it, it it's a it's a tragic story that I feel you know makes a New Hope a better movie. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. It, of course, then they put that whole Vader scene at the end, which was just yeah. It epic. informs a New Hope. I think that's the yeah. best way. It informs like lets you set up for what's going to happen and it's a great lead in in fact i would suggest watching rogue one and then immediately watching a new hope just oh yeah just right, right into boom. it just right into boom. it don't even watch the crawl just, just go right just, in, just go right in. <laughs> even they go right down they even have the same musical cue at the end of that michael giacchino yeah. knew just exactly where to put those moments and and I would like to credit Michael G. Keenan. I know we're talking more about Jin, but I do want to fo- focus. I, I do love the, the the theme for Jin, mm-hmm. which I thought Michael G. Keenan gave some beautiful theme thematic uh, elements of his own, kind of taking over. And I hope he's able to come back and score in more Star Wars films because he yeah. really he did an amazing job. But he also knew when just when to put the right John Williams moment. And one of my favorites that he re- that returned in rogue one very briefly but you hear the from the last time we heard it was in that was in new hope was 40 years ago earlier and it was dun 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 da 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 that that little theme you finally heard that again with the empire that was that was you had not heard it for 40 years so i thought that was really cool but Jin, uh yeah a really amazing character uh i hope we haven't seen the last of her at least in terms of uh, story where we could tell what happened with her, like her adventures with Saw Gerrera. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's some, there's some room for a, for a short, for some, you know, limited storytelling there. Yeah. So I hope that I hope that it returns. But an yeah. amazing character, worthy of the, uh, you know, the the, I guess the title of Star Wars woman. You know, heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Or just hero, you know. Just hero. Yeah. Just hero. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum from a Star Wars hero or heroine or however you want to call it. uh, And speaking of characters that you could do, you can really delve into, I think, in future stories is uh, from Solo, a Star Wars story, Kira. Yes. Kira. Um, Kira. Another tragic. Uh, now I don't know if I'm going to call her a villain just yet. I, uh, I don't know a villain or or. I put her kind of in the same vein as like a Boba Fett, you know, like a yeah, like, a, like someone who's kind of watching out for herself. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. But I would definitely not, not put her not in. necessarily on the side on the good good guy side. No, but maybe not on the the full bad guy villain, as you said. Not not quite a villain, but. Right, you can walk that line either way. 
Right, you could. I, I mean, obviously, the ver- well, well, we'll we'll get ahead of ourselves, but again, you know, uh, her our main topic will be focusing on the characterization and storyline. Yeah, Kira is a badass and kind of the antihero. You're right. Um, yeah, she. Yeah. I, 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 you know, but when you see, yeah, she did what she needed to do to survive. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, and and when you see the way she was brought up, or at least the early part of you know the first part of the film, you understand that. You understand, you know. And I've always said, like, you know, and I don't, I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to get over, I don't want to get, uh, um get too deep into the weeds in our in the other star franchise star trek although i will say frankly i'm a big star trek fan too um and there was a line or a, a kind of a a series of you know a monologue given in the movie or in the, the tv show deep space nine i know, sorry, it, I know it, nine. Yes. and it was uh, done by quark oh and no this is that he's done by quark and it was talking about how i think it was i want to say it was quark with Garrick, I forget if it was Cork and Garrick, Cork and Odo. I'm not sure, but it basically, they were talking about like like human beings mm. and and the human race and the Federation. And and if anybody's ever not seen that show, I mean, it 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 you know, Star Trek in Gene Roddenberry's mind was supposed to be uh, yes, it is fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's supposed to be kind of like a Shangri La, you know, in Eden. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, Deep Space Nine was one of the first to really delve into other parts of the universe that show that maybe that's not so true, and and maybe even the Federation, you know, or the human race, primarily, um, had a lot of flaws that they weren't really aware of. And one of the things that Quark would say, who's the Ferengi, um, big-eared, kind of a businessman, alien, um, very greedy, very you know, capitalist, and he would say, like, you know, the Federation, I'm, I'm way paraphrasing, but the fa- the Federation, everything, you know, they do great. They love each other. They're friendly. They help people. They do all that when times are good mm-hmm. and when things are, are going great. But when things start to go bad, they get vicious. They get clawing. They get, they get backstabbing. And they are just like me. You know, like they're just like that, the, the Ferengi. And it was true because there was parts in the story. It was a very long you know, multi-part, a lot of multi-part storyline going on, particularly the last half of it, the last yeah. two, three, four seasons. And um, it was, it was, it was dark, man. It was going into pretty dark places and they had to do some pretty, yeah. pretty dark things. So I think about Kira and the reason I mentioned this, because I think about Kira and the, that, what you know, when she was, a, what is it? A scum rat or whatever. And Something like, yeah. Scum, scum, I think it was, a, it was a scum rat, scrum rat. That's what they call it, scrum rat. And, you know, they, basically it was Oliver. You know, she was she was a pickpocket to uh, Lady Proxima, who was essentially Fagin to uh, to her, you know, artful Dodger and, uh, you know, and Han Solo. And they would pick pockets and steal things and they would bring it all to Proxima. And, you know, she would give them portions, food portions, just like Ray dealt with in, in her time. Yeah. And then on Corellia, which was a shipbuilding place, but which looked like it was corrupt and environmentally not so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was just, uh, it, was, it was, it was the dregs of humanity. It was, it was not a yeah. very pleasant place in, in the story. Mm-hmm. And Han and Kira, the only thing that they had going for them was each other to, you know, they were, they were a couple and, you know, they, we, 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 we start off watching the movie and Han, botched something up he botched up a a a sale and you know but he's gonna he wants to run away with kira so they have a plan to run away and they literally try to do it steal a speeder get 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 away temporarily get to the spaceport they have a little coaxium that they use as to barter to get to be able to get through the customs gate or whatever and just at the last minute kira gets swiped back up by the proxima gang and taken back in and han has to escape on his own yes so so Which i think it's interesting the first time we see han in a new hope he's just botched up a mission and is looking to get and then in this one han has just botched up a mission and yeah i don't think his track record is all that no, good no for being such yeah. a good smuggler it's uh 
Yeah, I think he. Uh, well, even at the end, towards the end, what they were saying, there's no one left for you to. There's no one left for you to swindle. <laughs> you know, he's like he's he's botched it up with so many people and and screwed over so many people that it's, you just can't even smuggle anymore. And you know, it's it's yeah. pretty funny. Anyway, so Kira obviously gets taken back, and we don't. And again, kind of like what happens with Jin, we don't know what happens now we are going in a different place with it but the differences between Jin and kira in terms of story is that when we watch rogue one Jin is the main character it's, yeah. it's kind of being told through, through Jin's through her, perspective her eyes. and yeah. through her eyes whereas with kira um that's the solo a star wars story movie so it's really about han solo and his adventures and you know his relationship with kira is part of that but you know kira isn't the necessarily the main focus at least for part of it um, but he is, but he, she is the reason why he goes and enters the infantry, or not the infantry. He enters to be a pilot in yeah. the Imperial Navy, and they, uh, you know, we'll have you flying in no time. And then the next thing you know, next thing you know, you see him on, in, as a grunt. And which, again, uh, we've talked about this before when we talked about our look through the movies with Solo. Was one of my favorite scenes in that movie is just the grit and grime of seeing him in the mud fighting on the ground and to show that not everyone was a stormtrooper who fought for the empire. Right. And you know, there was just these grunts who just threw him, throw him a blaster rifle and there you go, go out there. Great. More mud. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, but all he wants to do is get back to Corellia, which everybody's saying, why do you want to go back to Corellia? Everybody wants to leave Corellia, but he, wants to get back to Kira and he, and he, yeah. and, you know, he was, he was devoted to her. He put his heart, his soul and every last, you know, muscle and organ and bone into trying to help, help Kira and get back to save Kira. Hmm. And, um, he felt really bad that, you know, about that. And he was driven and it took four years or five like that. And yeah. he has to, you know, he ends up, He's very, very smart-witted. He ends up noticing these uh, other mud troopers and captain that are not what they seem, and he knows they're pulling a job. He's experienced with this kind of thing, so he wants to get on their team. So he's kind of has to, you know, he gets into a whole slew of things where he meets Chewbacca, the Beast, and great, great way, great meet cute for Han and Chewie. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And then they end up doing this mission. To uh, height to do a heist, a train heist of coaxium. Uh, great scene with the train heist. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, you know it gets botched up again, and he yes uh, he, he ends up having to go to you know to meet up with the um, with Dryden Voss. Yes, I agree with you there, Kelly. Kelly says, I thought the heartbreak he went through with Kira led to why he was such a scoundrel with Leia. Oh, I think oh, yeah. that whole heartbreak with Kira really shaped the Han Solo that we all know and love. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, but getting but getting into that, you know, obviously he has to go meet Dryden Voss on his yacht, and while he's there and there's a nice party being entertained, who does he run into? You know, Kira. Can you imagine though? Like being being there. Like you're on this mission, you've gone, you know, you've 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 jumped from Imperial Navy to Imperial Grunt Infantry to jumping ship from the Imperials and you know hooking up with a gang to do a heist that goes wrong, and now you're trying to basically beg for your life with a crime lord or a crime crime boss, only to find that the whole reason you're doing this is to try to get back to Corellia to see the, your your true love. And then she's right who's, there. Who's right there? <laughs> so it's and like possibly in a, in a in a relationship with the crime lord that you're wow. working for. Yeah, right. we 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 they kind of glaze over that. It's like when when they said, "How'd you get out of there?" and she's like, "Well, I didn't." And she doesn't really talk about it, but you know, it comes you know it becomes clear that she works for Dryden Voss. Um, and what else she does for Dryden Voss is a mystery. But you know, yeah. uh, I mean, at least in terms of you know. I mean, they, they, they don't really, they, 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 they glaze over that. They don't really talk yeah. about that too much. So, uh, but you do see that she's a Lieutenant. She's basically a Lieutenant in a, in a mob style thing. And she's 
one of the only things trying, you know, being able to keep Han alive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, until they kind of come up with the idea of trying to find unrefined coaxium to make up for the lost coaxium that they had. And so then it becomes a new heist mission. They have to yeah. go to the spice mines of Kessel to steal mm-hmm. some co- unrefined coaxium. They need a ship, so they commandeer Lando and get and his ship and L3. And now we have built up a new team with um, Beckett, Solo, Chewie, Kira, Lando, L3. And they all go to Kessel. Yeah. And, uh, and then you get to see a new side of Kira. You know the negotiator, or you know she the 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 con man or woman slash negotiator, and it's just great to see her. And then you start to see hints of like what she was doing when she did the whole martial arts on the on the uh, Tolstoy or whatever his name is Tolstite, and, and stabbed him with his keys. And then she what does she say? Terrace Kasi? That's what like they yeah. They, like I've well, never that seen was- that. That was a that was a uh, a neat callback to the the game. There's yeah, a game it was called a game, Master right? of So it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. There was okay. a lot of deep cuts in that movie. I, I that enjoyed was, it. That was yeah, yeah. And, I and, think that I think that movie, and I have to. It has been a while since I've watched Solo. I mean, Solo is one of the only movies that I've Star Wars movies that I've really only seen. Besides, there's been two two Star Wars movies that I've only seen once. Um, so far in that solo and uh last jet or not last jedi but um rise of skywalker and rise of skywalker has just been i just haven't got around to watching it again but you know solo is just i i might have to relook at that one again i would because i gotta tell you um i i well i i fell in love with that movie because i loved the way you know the the whole meeting of chewie and yeah, uh, and Han, I loved seeing. I mean, Peter uh, so, uh, Yona Suetomo took over the role of Chewie when Peter Mayhew, you know, got too weak to do it, and I thought that he did an amazing job of mm-hmm. just just transferring the soul of Chewie to, um, to 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 you know to make it still work. So to me, it was like watching a, a young Han played by a different actor, but doing a really really good job. And then, basically interacting with the Peter Mayhew Chewbacca, I really mm-hmm. felt that, and yeah. I, and it, it just it was just it was del- it was a joy and a delight to watch that movie from beginning to end. I love Don uh, Donald uh, um, Glover. Donald Glover. I was say Danny Glover. No, <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. No. Uh, Donald <laughs> Glover um, did. did I, I thought he he was a, he was just one level below a caricature of yeah. Lando, which is exactly what Lando should be. Yeah. Okay. Even even Billy D. Williams, you know, takes <laughs> it, a, you know, performs as a caricature of himself until he got to Rise of Skywalker, which means it's think he, he dialed it back down again. But I very much yeah. enjoyed that movie. It I, was, I loved and as we're I you know, now that I'm thinking of, you know, different things that happen, I love when he goes into that one closet and it's just the entire closet of capes. Capes. <laughs> like, capes. That's what I mean. There's, there's, there's so much about that movie that when I think back, and I've watched it multiple times, mm-hmm. it's the kind of movie that I, I just had, I just put it in for fun. I just want to watch Solo, you know, and I don't know why it got a lot of kickback from people or whatever. I mean, I look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, mm-hmm. and I, and I understand that, and I'm yeah. not going to tell anybody. Anyway, that- I mean, we can go into like into the woods, into the you know, really into the weeds when we talk about why possibly solo got the backlash that it did did it have to do with last the backlash from last jedi did it have to do with the constant reshoots and re re-edits and yeah right you know, but i but i feel like yeah. you know I, to me none of that and again you know just in my day-to-day life you know as a music teacher um oh yeah i know the kessel run sequence oh, is, is amazing um but no in my day-to-day life as a music teacher you know we put music together to put on in a concert and yeah. you know we do two or three or four concerts a year and or marching band putting the show i just got back from a rehearsal we have one more performance to get our show and we got a really great rehearsal and it takes months for us to get these things to work and we make changes and we make alterations and sometimes the changes are huge and a lot of the audience doesn't know that they just see it once they see the show once you know and our judging community will see it once and 
give a critique. And, and you know, it's it's so harsh to. I mean, thank God they don't judge, you know, the, what we started with and how we changed it and why we changed it. You know, that's not the point. The point is we put a final product together and that's what they do. And the same thing with our concerts and the same thing. So I just don't get the whole. So they had reshoots. Big whoop. Yeah. Okay. I don't really give a damn about reshoots, you know, but that's just me. And I yeah. do understand that people have a, you know, filmmaker, yeah. film students and people have a different idea about it and they might have liked to have seen something different. So much of critique. Yeah, these I mean, days. yeah, and I mean, I, I think a lot of it at that time there was just so much divisiveness already from the Star Wars, from the many of the quote unquote fans out there that you know anything short of Rogue One two. Yeah. Um, from they, the, from Rogue One two is the New Hope, so there you yeah, go. <laughs> um, would have been you know not you know they wouldn't have accepted yeah. that. And, there, and, I mean, there's just that there's just that kind of mentality and. I think right. there's a lot I mean, of we, other things that went into it. But like I said, we've talked about that. Yeah. But I do but suggest you give it, a, to, you to give it another chance, yeah. especially because, Definitely. because there's so many, there's just, there's so much delight. The things well, to delight. Even, like I said, even just thinking back to like, you know, you said the deep cuts and he just mentioned the Kessel run. Yeah. From someone who, who read all of the, the novels, the old novels, seeing the mall, seeing yeah. the, you know, him flying through in the Kessel and you see the, if you if you if you read any of the books, uh, they talk about the the mall, where is this collection of of black holes that kind of formed this cluster, and inside the middle was a. Uh oh, I just lost a, it. Imperial. So you're flying through, and you see all those black holes moving around with the mo- with that space monster, and just like, yeah. oh, I remember that. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, yeah. and I didn't even know that because I didn't read those books. But yeah. But anyway, so but getting back to Kessel Run, um, you know, so they're on that Kessel Run, and Kira's with them, and I love the moment where um, when Chewie first sits in there, like, you know, they're both sitting in there. We 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 definitely have to get the you know get the deflector shields up, and Kira just like, yeah, we do, <laughs> but she doesn't know how to do it, so. Chewie just kind of goes, ah, enough, and he, and then you know she was smart enough to know that he could fly. Get, let him take his seat. Say, Chewie, get in, and then you see Han and Chewie for the first time. So you know, Kira was right in there with everybody. Um, yes, I agree. The more times you watch it, the more you like it. I get it. I get it. But I find that with every Star Wars movie too. I will say, there's very few times where I've watched Star Wars movies and I like them less. Um, yeah. so I know that some people disagree with that, but that's not me. I, I tend to find more and more things that I like about it. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Kira, you know, um, she is just, she's in there with them as this adventurer and, and she's part of it, her Beckett, the whole team. And they managed to do the Kessel run. They managed to, uh, do it uh, in how many parsecs? Uh, well, uh, sorry, 12. 12 not if you round. <laughs> Chewie said something. Well, not if you round down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we get, so they get to, um, I forget the name of the planet that they have to, yeah, the beach planet. And they have to, is it Savaron, I think maybe? And they have to um, get, refine the, refine it. And the poor Falcon is in just, in, it looks worse than it does now. You know what I mean? It's horrible. But, and there, you know, Kira has a moment with Han kind of define helping define what we all know she's the one who kind of defines him as you're the good guy you're the good guy don't don't try to be the villain because you're not and i think she knows this because she knows a thing or two about being the villain you know you know we don't see that yet but um but then we see emphasis nest show up and then we start to learn from emphasis nest what really has been going on and that they're not pirates that's they're not they're they're basically the the beginning of the rebel the oh, beginning yeah. of the rebellion yeah and then han has to make a choice and he puts together this elaborate plan with kira and it's interesting because kira you know she's talking sitting there with emphasis nest and she's like saying to him yeah he's gonna help you like he knows she knows this so i thought that was interesting like he she, she didn't object to him helping uh, Emphis Nest, which makes me wonder, was she really a bad guy? You know, or did she just like lose this battle, you know, to move on to the next thing? Yeah. Or I, but I honestly believe that basically she sacrificed, you know, um, everything that went on 
and you know let Ephistesco, let the rebellion go, let Han go, so he would be okay, and you know took the hit for for them for that, and went to go do her thing. But we'll get to that in a minute. So where does she end up? So they all go in. They try to do this elaborate ruse with Dryden Voss. Hello, uh, yeah, Dryden Voss. You know, you know, you know that he's not going to have it. He gives everybody, you know, he he knows he, he believes that the the coaxium is fake, and you know Han and Kira look as though okay, this plan isn't working. Well, it turns out Beckett sold them out, told them what they were going to planning, and but it's like everybody double crossed everybody at this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, he double crossed them. Uh, Han and Kira kind of then triple crossed Beckett, and then when Beckett tries to double cross again and take kidnap Chewie and take the coaxium as soon as he leaves they're all fighting each other and then Kira goes to fight Han and then the last minute fights Dryden and kills him so it's like back and forth and back and forth and whoa you know (laughs) so it was amazing but you didn't know where they were going and then it continues because Kira's going to tell him to get a head start to go save Chewie he needs you you need him she's letting him go She's letting him go. She's letting the rebellion go. She's letting the coaxium go. She just wants to get them out of there, and then she's going to continue. Now, whether she wanted to do that or she willingly resigned to do that is anybody's guess based on watching the movie. But, man, she turned that ring, took that ring off of Dryden's finger and activated the thing, and I'm like, who is this guy? And then, But the minute I heard him talk... I, I like grab my wife's hand. I'm like, I think that's Darth Maul. And she's yeah. like, really? And then all of a sudden, when the thing went over, and we're like, ah! Yes, she becomes the new crime lord. Yeah. Um, and we're you know working with Maul. And yeah, I want to see Crimson Dawn. Of, yeah, I'm sorry. What is? It, sorry, well, yeah, Crimson Dawn. Thank Crimson you. Dawn. I want a Crimson Dawn movie TV show. Yeah. Please, 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 please. Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Oh my God, you could do so much cool stuff there, and it doesn't oh, yeah. have to be. Just one, you know, just a one-off. Just a a series, a series, like an underworld series. Ah. Like they were talking about doing the uh, before the soul before the um, the show uh, before the sale of Disney. They were doing the um, they did the uh, the the proof of concept shot. Yes, I saw that for 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 the Star Wars underworld. Or was it thirteen? No, no, that was a video game. Uh, Yeah, Star something like Star Wars Underworld or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, a Crimson Dawn TV show would be epic. Yep, um, I agree. And, and I agree. either way, whether you do Sam Witwer as Maul or you do... Um, I forget the original. Yeah, the guy who played Maul. I can look at... Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, he only had six lines, so I really do feel it's Sam Witwer's Maul. Sam yeah, Witwer is truly Darth Maul. Maul at this point. I mean, yeah. voice-wise, anyway. Vo- yeah, voice-wise. And it was great to see Ray Park again, you know. That was, was it, nice Ray Park. Me. Ray Park, that was the other well, Ray Park. Well, side Maul. note about Ray Park, the nicest uh, actor, you know, person, human being, when you go to conventions, he is mm-hmm. absolutely, he is so great. He, like, poses with the kids. He teaches karate and and different types of of of, of martial arts to the kids mm-hmm. we, we saw him at star wars weekends we met up with him a few times and, you know he just he took a great photo with my daughter i mean he's just the, the sweetest you know very gracious kind man you ever want to meet and i still think he does cons if when they when cons really start kicking in again go see him go meet him he's Definitely. great uh but yeah so kira left that door open for a yeah right Star Wars, yep, Star Wars Weekends. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, w- that's where we saw his little martial arts demo with all the kids. It was fantastic. It was just amazing. Definitely. But so Kira leaves things open ended, and there are some. There's a new comic series coming out that everyone's talking about. Um, that where she's kind of I don't know what it is. I don't know what she. I guess she's doing stuff with Crimson Dawn, and I would assume Darth Maul. So you know their story, man. Their story to tell. And I want to see more. Let's let's see more Kira. And you know what? Disney Plus has become, let's face it. I mean, I, I, I know that with the advent of streaming, we're seeing less and less likelihood of 
epic tentpole movies happening. I'm not saying they won't happen, but I'm just saying we're going to see them less and less. But we will, what we'll also see is series after series after series. Look at what they're going to do in 2022. We're going to have Kenobi. We're going to we're going to have Andor. We're going to have Mandalorian, and I mean I don't know when Ahsoka is, but you know you're talking about three series in one year, and you know they're not going to run them together. They're going to run them, you know, one then one then one. And yeah. think, think about all the, 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 I mean, I'm sure that in Lucasfilm, there is a mark and whiteboard with a hundred titles of ideas that they can do. And I'm sure Crimson Dawn's on there. So definitely, definitely. not to mention uh, a continuation of story of solo yes. or, or, or some type of a story either with Crimson Dawn or something else where solo could be part of it. And Lando and Chewie. Yeah, I definitely think you can see a return definitely. of all of those characters in their younger days. Um, absolutely. So, but yeah, Kira, uh, complicated character, probably the most complicated character in Star Wars, I would say, just because definitely. she didn't start off like she wasn't a princess, she wasn't, um, you know, a queen. Uh, she wasn't a Jedi. She was, she was a nobody, you know. But unlike Ray, she was a nobody with, with no, uh, uh, no force powers or anything. She just had to rely on her wits and her, you know, street smarts. So, great character. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, that was a, uh, I think that was a fun conversation. Absolutely, uh, talking about two great characters in the Star Wars universe. And I think that next week we move on with our look at the women of Star Wars as we look at Rey. I was going to say, I was hoping we get to Rey. I mentioned her we today. Were gonna be, like, yeah. oh, we haven't talked about Rey yet. I was thinking, I was wondering if we talked about Rey yet. Then I, I looked hey, I was going through them in my head. I'm like, like, I like, in yeah, fact, in some ways, hey, thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much. Thank you. I can't believe that. that we've gotten this far. I mean, because you know, we were doing the we were doing twofers with um with these other characters because I was yeah. like, oh, I guess we've gotten through all the main ones. I'm like, oh no, we didn't. Forgot Ray. Forgot Ray. Yeah, no. yeah. But yeah, we definitely have to do Ray and yeah. yeah. So, all right, so that'll be next week. Cool. Definitely, definitely. All right. All right. Well then, Will, why don't you uh, as we wrap things up, uh, let the people know where they can find you. Out in internet lands? Oh, you can always find me over there in the YouTube world. I have my Darth Tuba Star Wars unboxing show. And I am excited to say that this Sunday, at some point, I will I probably be running a live stream. Uh, so subscribe to my channel and you'll get the post. I'll put a post out because it's my 500th episode. I am real excited to be able to do that. Now, it's also the day after my final uh, marching band championships, which is now taking place super late at night so i don't know when this is gonna happen probably in the evening like i'd probably es estimate around six o'clock six thirty, something around there and uh i'm excited to get that but you can reach me looking look for me on Tw instagram and twitter at darth tuba darth tuba star wars unboxing show thanks kelly for the congrats i appreciate it uh darth tuba star wars unboxing page on facebook and you can email me darth tuba 77 at gmail.com yes all right, as for us right here at War of the Stars, you, of course, can reach us through email. You can email us at waroftheSars1 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also get a hold of us on Twitter. That is where we are really the most active is on Twitter. Uh, again, it's just at War of the Stars 1. We do have a Facebook page. It's not very active right now, but that's where we do most of our live streaming too for the moment. Um, so... Just search War of the Stars. You can find us there. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, we do have a Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars. Uh, as far as the link that I had up on the Twitter page to our um, our da -da, our to buy our shirts and to buy all our merchandise, that initial link was not working, unfortunately. It is working now. Oh, so good. If you go go there, you click on that link that will take you directly to our merch page, and you can get all the cool cool merch there uh, with War of the Stars. Um, and of course, we have our sideshow. Um, 
our subscription-based sideshow outside the galaxy, which I'm going to be doing a show here probably sometime. Hoping to get one done before next our next main episode um, dealing with mental health issues. And so if anybody wants to be a part of that or join the conversation, uh, just send me a, shoot me an email um, at the, the war of the stars or on Twitter at where the stars one, and we can work something out. Um, it's just something I've been wanting to talk about for a little while now. And so hopefully going to get that out here, uh, but that is here our subscription only based show. Um, yeah. So with that being said, as always, remember that this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. Until the spires, everyone.